been a while, but we are back for another episode of the Pick and Pod. My name is Rich. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Kevin Ogie. Lots of stuff going on. NBA playoffs are happening. NFL draft is happening. Vladdy Guerrero is becoming a Blue Jay. Endgame is becoming a thing that everyone's watching right now. Guys, before we even get into the playoffs, are you guys like big Avengers guys? Kevin, you are, dude. Dude, I'm a nerd, dude. I'm a comic book nerd, and you know it. Uh -huh. My life. We got we got to figure out a time to go see that movie because, like, here over here in like the Falls area, I think it's all like booked until like Wednesday, like next Wednesday. Yeah, like you got to go get black market tickets right now. That that's how crazy it is for a movie. Oh yeah, we got we got to go onto like the secondary market, like see on. <laughs> <laughs> You gotta check StubHub. Do they take seed points though? That's the question. I have no idea, but at this point, we gotta watch the movie by any means necessary. Exactly. Um, Ogie, are you a big Marvel guy? Boys, you guys are speaking gibberish. I have no idea what <laughs> about any of this. <laughs> sports, 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 man. Yeah, that's right. The I mean, I, I'm like, I'm like in organized crime and mafia. There was a big hit today in in Toronto. So, I mean, that's that's the kind of stuff I'm I'm following. Jesus, you gotta like venture out and like watch some comic. Yeah, dude, <laughs> line up your life. Torn it down a bit, eh? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, who's your favorite Avenger? Ooh, that's tough, man. See, I'm a Hawkeye guy myself, yeah, just purely okay. because he has no superpowers. His superpower is just himself. You know, it's that's just his arrows. He's out there just wilding out. That's just crazy. I love a dude who's an underdog. You know, like Brooklyn Nets. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> who just comes out and just balls out. That's fair. That's what actually, about you, Rich? Who's your, who's your favorite Avenger? Um, I honestly had no, I have no idea. I just kind of asked that question without thinking about the answer. But I think I know. Is I, it is it the Hulk? Just because it resembles you? Um, no, it's not the Hulk. I'm actually, <laughs> I'm, I'm actually a little bigger. But I'm gonna. Ooh, go, okay. I'm gonna go with Iron Man. I think that dude is so dope. He's so lame. No, he's dope. He's so bougie. He's a womanizer. I don't like that. No, but he has so much cool shit, and he's smart. I like it. He like his brain. It's awesome. But anyway, we got start talking about some athletes out here, though. Let's go. About some athletes. Okay, so we're a football pod, right? Kyler Murray, first overall. Are we? Are we talking the right sport right now? I mean, a basketball player did get drafted out of Iowa. T.J. Hawkinson. He's a tight end. He used to be actually just like a solid basketball player. Well, there we go. Congratulations, Kyler Murray. Congratulations, that guy. I don't know anybody past, like, the third overall pick. So let's get into the NBA playoffs. The first round. Yeah, basketball. The first round is about to wrap up. There's a couple of series left on the Western Conference side. Kind of surprising that the NBA champion Golden State Warriors are one of those two, one of those four teams still standing. But a lot is going on. Denver uh, San Antonio game is happening right now. It's an elimination game. We're going to start off with the Eastern Conference playoffs because right now it's kind of what everybody predicted is the four elite teams in the East. We have Boston versus Milwaukee, and then we have Toronto versus Philly. We're going to start off with the Milwaukee series because Milwaukee, Boston, they both swept their first round opponents. Milwaukee literally destroyed Detroit and honest like literally unstoppable but then again it's detroit um let's start off with you how, how do you first of all like give us like a couple of like short thoughts about the first round series which i mean looks super one-sided yeah. and your predictions and breakdown for uh Boston versus Milwaukee. well first of all with regards to the east the way i see it i mean the playoffs start right now you know these are the these are the top four teams the first round series in the east all went four or five games. So it was relatively straightforward in regards to the Bucks, I mean, you know what, what to say <laughs> the Pistons obviously didn't offer much resistance. We know that Blake Griffin was playing through pain. So they got through that relatively easily. Um, and, and, you know, they played well too. Uh, you, you know, there's, there's not a whole lot of negatives to take away. Uh, Giannis is playing great. Their role players are playing great. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon is still injured. And I think they'll need him back for the Boston series, but in regards to how they looked against Detroit, I mean, obviously no concerns there. Uh, now the Celtics, I think, is the bigger story because throughout the season, you know, what the th what's the theme been with the Celtics? Up and down, playing well, not playing well, not playing well, not sharing the ball. Uh, is Kyrie a leader? Is he not? Uh, they seem to have put that all behind them and just, you know, brought it to the court. 
they, I mean, I, I can't remember what I, maybe, maybe I think five games I called, six games max, but the fact that they swept the hungry Indiana squad, that's impressive. Okay, and they, they did it all. Jason Tatum was excellent, scoring uh, in a very efficient manner. Kyrie was good. Horford was good. Basically, you know, the whole team was good. And now this sets up a blockbuster series against the Bucks. Holy smokes, this is going to be a good one, boys. I don't know. Uh, honestly, the way coming into the playoffs, I would have said Bucks, but after the first round, I have to say that I'm leaning Celtics, especially with Brogdon's, uh, you know, the ambiguity surrounding his injury. We don't know exactly when he'll be back. I lean Celtics. I think this one's going to go seven. Um, I'll give the experience edge to the Celtics. Like I said, seven games, it'll be tight. But I think ultimately Boston has figured it out. Even Gordon Hayward's playing well now. So I'll give them the slightest of edges. Mm-hmm. And this is actually a super interesting series because it seems like Boston just, just came together on the fly. And this is the playoff Celtics. It's exactly like what we've seen from the Celtics last year. But just a question for you, Kevin, because I kind of I, I kind of liked Indiana going in. I thought they maybe had a shot. And yeah. for the most part, each game was like relatively close. But at the very end, it just seemed like Boston had its close and Indiana just couldn't get the ball into the net when it mattered. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be a little different with Milwaukee because now they have guys like Giannis. They have guys like Middleton. Um, I mean, Brogdon, I'm not really sure when he's coming back. But Milwaukee has a ton of weapons. And yeah. Milwaukee has a system, and Milwaukee knows what – they understand how they win games. And this is going to be a completely different test for the Boston Celtics. Do you side with Ogie, or do you think that Milwaukee has the edge? I, I, I said earlier on in the year that I think Milwaukee and Rockets are going to meet in the finals. And I'm still standing by that. Purely because Boston, they, they fought through Indiana Pacers. But let's also remember, the star players on that team is Bogdanovich, Tyreek Evans, and Dar- uh, Darren Collison. Mm-hmm. Turner, that's insignificant over that series. Sub- Sabonis was also insignificant over the series. Wesley Matthews was nowhere. Um I, they they just got over a team that wasn't supposed to be there. You know, after losing Oladipo, they somehow stuck together. I appreciate the grit that Nate McMillan, um, uh, Nate McMillan instilled upon them. And they were able to hold a certain good position, middle of the pack, going into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Awesome. But they went over a team that was supposed to not, not supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. And Milwaukee, if- on the other hand, has the same, same thing as well. They, they beat a team, Detroit. Who wasn't supposed to be there? Blake Griffin realistically should the season should have been done. He should have been working on his recovery, not playing the last few games in pain. I get he had to do that. Solid guy, amazing the fact that uh, after the games he went and shook the reporters' hands. Mm-hmm. Westbrook had to take a note from that uh, book. Um, but I think between Celtics and Bucks, mm-hmm. Bucks are going to prevail. It's going to be a dog fight. It's going to be shot for shot, shot for shot, shot for shot. Milwaukee also has a better defense, I think, mm-hmm. so in the series. Okay. Well, first of all, when you say that the Pacers shouldn't have even been there, I mean, somebody it's had the it. East. It's the East. It's the East. I mean, you, you say the, the Pacers shouldn't make it. Somebody has to make it. Eight teams have no. got to make it. But I, I understand. I do. I completely understand what you're saying. Yeah. But that, like, that being said, um, just looking at the matchups, I'm just kind of curious what's going to happen with um, this series because I'll we're going to get into it when we talk Raptors and Philly. But I think when the I think the Raptors are going to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, and I think the Raptors present Giannis it's their like the best test in terms of matchups. I just yeah. I really just don't know what. Um, what Boston's going to do with uh, matching up against Giannis. Like, I mean, Marcus Morris is there. He's a tough dude, but like Giannis is just so long, maybe like Al Horford, but he's not that athletic, you know? So my big question is like, how is, how is Boston going to really match up against this sort of team? Like, but at the same time, like we saw Eric Bledsoe struggled mightily against Terry Rozier last year. And and Terry Rozier literally burned uh, Milwaukee. And now you have, and now you have Kyrie Irving, and he's healthy. Like we said, Gordon Hayward's playing well. Jason Tatum's playing well. It seems like everything's coming together for Boston. And Boston is still an elite defensive team, and we saw that with how they played against Indiana. Obviously, Milwaukee's a little bit better. Um, my question, and I'm going to throw this back to you, Ogie, is how is Milwaukee going to – I mean, how is Boston going to 
you know, match up against a much longer, a much more athletic, a bigger Milwaukee Bucks team. Yeah, that's a fair point. I mean, in regards to Giannis, like 90% of the teams in the NBA, you're not going to have one single player who's going to be able to shut him down. I think it's going to be a team approach. So like you said, Marcus Morris will probably start games on him. Um, yeah, Tatum and Jalen Brown are obviously undersized. They are they on the athletic end. They can attempt to keep up with Giannis. Obviously, can, again, can't shut him down. Horford will probably see minutes on him too. But again, I think what they'll do is they'll make others try and beat them. So they'll mm-hmm. double Giannis when they can. Uh, they'll put him in uncomfortable positions. Obviously, try and make him shoot, right? You want Giannis on the perimeter attempting jump shots uh, and make the others beat you. So, and, and, you know, if you fall that way, then so be it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, make guys like Brooke Lopez, like Eric Bledsoe, Middleton, Mirotic hit outside shots uh, and, sh- and you know, try and get the ball out of Giannis's, hand- Giannis's hands as often as possible. Honestly, I think that's the only way uh, for them to win this series. But I- again, on the other end, the Celtics have a lot of firepower too. And when they're clicking, they're clicking. So, you know, you put a lineup out there with, with Kyrie, Brown, sometimes Rogier as well on there with Irving, uh, Tatum, Horford, Morris. Every single one of those guys can hit perimeter shots. So you're, you're going to see incredible spacing. And what does that mean? That opens up the floor for guys like Irving. Yeah, the Bucks obviously have an elite defense. They have some rangy defenders. But don't sleep on Boston being able to put up points in this series either. Uh, yeah, in regards to honest, it's, it's going to have to be a team approach, team, def- team defense approach, and get the ball out of his hands as often as possible. Mm-hmm. And in terms of Boston, they're like you said, I, I wouldn't say they have a ton of firepower, but they're a top 10 team in the league in offensive rating. They're a top team in the league in defensive rating. That usually bodes well in the playoffs. Um, they're, they're kind of middle of the pack in terms of just points per game. But this is going to be a, a very interesting test because as much as I, I – like, you can't really slow down Giannis. Giannis is eventually going to get his, and it's going to be very tough to match up against a guy like that. On the other end, I mean, is Eric Bledsoe going to be the guy who covers Kyrie? No. It, they're, the Milwaukee Bucks, I feel, are going to struggle uh, holding Kyrie down as much as Boston is going to struggle with Giannis. But in terms of who wins the series, I'm going to be siding with Kevin. I think the Milwaukee Bucks are going to take this one. I'm even going to go as far as saying the Milwaukee Bucks might even take this in six. Um, and I don't, I don't think you actually made a six games. Hmm? Six games. Six games. Yeah, why not? That's tough. I, like, I, I, I get it. I'm all for Milwaukee, but it's going to go down to the last game. Is it? Seventh game down to the last few minutes that, that's what it's going to be okay that so okay so you you have milwaukee in seven ogie yeah. you have boston in seven i got milwaukee in six i'm kind of living on the edge right now but let's move, <laughs> let's move on to the next for, uh second round series this is the one that has me excited because i'm a raptor fan and i just watched the leafs get eliminated um philadelphia is playing the toronto raptors both teams move on in five games. Raptors beat the Orlando Magic. Honestly, they beat the Orlando Magic senseless after game one. And then the Philadelphia Sixers battled it out with the Brooklyn Nets one and five. Boys, how is this one gonna go down? And I have a I have a lot of things to say about this, but I'm gonna <laughs> let, I'm gonna let Kevin start this one off. Just okay. how about this, Kevin? You're a big Brooklyn Nets fan. Let's kind of I, mean, yes, I am, yeah, yeah. So let's kind of like recap. The, the first round series between Philly and, and the Nets. What, do, what did you see in that series, and what do you think in that series is going to help the Philadelphia Sixers against the Raptors? Um, I saw the true colors of Philly fans, which I've been noticing for quite some time. I wanted to address this for uh, a long time. Um, the Phillies game where Bryce Harper started uh, was the first two games where he wasn't hitting anything and they were booing, or the th- and then the third game where he hit, everybody started cheering. That man started up. Philadelphia 76ers, April 13th, game one versus Brooklyn Nets. They were they were struggling at first. First quarter or second quarter, Philly fans start booing. You're booing your team in the first half. Just because you're down uh, down to another team uh by nine, ten points. Are, are you kidding me? Yeah. How is your team supposed to boo, boost off that morale and try to Find some sort of fire within themselves to fight through that. 
You can't. If I'm if I'm a player for Philadelphia 76ers and I have my fans just booing me before I even go to the locker room for halftime. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. That's why they lost that game. That's exactly why they lost that game to Brooklyn Nets. But I saw a lot of pr- uh, promise in Brooklyn itself. Mm-hmm. Those came through. Chris Lavert. He can fall. You don't. You couldn't even notice the fact that the guy had an injury earlier on in this year. Oh, a, a re- terrible injury too. Let me add to that. Spencer Dinwiddie, a leftover, tossed around teams. He balled out too. D'Angelo Russell. People slept on the guy. Don't get me. He was inconsistent throughout the playoffs, but he hit the shots that mattered. Mm-hmm. It was just tough inside the paint against Joel Embiid. First two games, his knees were bothering him a little bit. I'm not sure what happened game three onwards. He seemed a bit more sturdy on his feet. It was solid. But, um, yeah, Joel Embiid, too much for Ed Davis to handle inside. Too much for uh, Jared Allen to handle inside. And I don't know why Kenny Atkinson tried to do a small ball lineup with uh, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson as a center. But that was not the smartest thing, especially against an elite big man like Joel Embiid. It's tough. So, yeah. I mean, I wanted Brooklyn to win, but I'm glad they stuck it out to five games. Everybody predicted a sweep. They fought it through. Uh, Jared Dudley, shout out to you. Pure heart. Love that guy. Um, Simmons, work on your half-court game, I guess. Uh, uh, it was yeah. a good series. Mm-hmm. Honestly, the way you started that whole talk, um, people may think that the Brooklyn Nets actually won. But... <laughs> A game. <laughs> they did win a game. They won a game. They won a game, boy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and I completely agree. There's there's just a lot of uh, matchup problems that the Brooklyn Nets faced, and at the end of the day, there was just the, a lot of the talent was on the Phil, on the Philadelphia 76ers side. Like mm-hmm. no one can, on the Nets can really defend a guy like Joe Green. Jimmy Butler is going to get hit. But the big thing I kind of took away from this Philadelphia 76ers uh, series and just to tie in the Toronto Raptors, I feel like the Raptors won in five games. Like everybody knows how this team is going to play in the second round. Like they have a system. Everybody knows their roles finally. Like the bench finally started to click a little bit after game like three. Uh, Kawhi Leonard's insanely good. Pascal Siakam is a six god. Uh, Kyle Lowry had a plus 106 net rating for the series. And, I mean, Pearson, his best series in, in, in his career, was a plus 89. But, you know, Kyle Lowry is a regular season player. But my the Raptors kind of know what they're doing, it seems. Like, everybody knows their role. Yep. Uh, the 76ers, I don't think Philadelphia really figured anything out yet. Like, yep. Yeah, Joel Embiid is still really dominant, and he's going to be the best player in the series, I'd say. I'd, I'd say he's maybe a little bit better than Kawhi Leonard. But, I mean, Jimmy Butler kind of plays independently. Ben Simmons, I that, like. I, I just don't – it's it's still weird just watching him play. It's like it, it, there's a, I get a, this super weird vibe when he's on the court at the same time as Joel Embiid. I get a weird vibe when he's on the court at the same time as Jimmy Butler. And – I feel like when the Rap- the Raptors have a, an elite defense, like what we saw against the Orlando Magic, every single guy on the team can defend. Yep. And I feel like while Philadelphia is so kind of trying to figure out what what they're do- what they're doing, I think the Raptors are set and ready to go. And that's one of the big talking points for me going into this series. With uh, do you agree, Ogi? I agree with almost everything you said, and I just want to add to it. I mean, I have a lot to say about this series. Uh, I'll start with Philly, and honestly, even though they did win in fifth in five games, and by the way, after game one, I don't think too many people saw that coming. That that was an absolute incredible turnaround. But even though they did win in five games, I actually, I'm I'm a little bit more cynical than I think than I think Kevin is. I took more negatives away from their series against Brooklyn than I did positives. And the first negative is, in which you kind of hit on it, just, just the uncertainty around this team. Um, you don't really know. Who, their roles are far from figured out. At the end of games, when the games are close, you don't really know who's going to be taking the last shot. Yeah, and Embiid is their best player, and he is their best scorer. And when you're facing an undersized Jared Allen and Ed Davis, you're not going to have much trouble scoring. But I mean, aside from him, Simmons is uh, the first few games. He he was horrendous. He was horrible, and when he is bad, that takes 
takes away a lot from that team. Uh, JJ Redick is, I mean, he, this guy used to be an elite shooter, and don't get me wrong, he still, you know, can be, but the shots just don't seem to be falling as often anymore. Um, the other, so the, the uncertainty, the other thing is kind of the immaturity around this team. They seem like they're, you know, emotionally speaking, all over the place. They're, you saw the whole thing with uh, with Dudley. They're getting into altercations left and right. Jimmy Butler is getting ejected. Uh, I, I did mention Embiid's injury concerns, but that's also another factor. So, I mean, just, you know, from a personnel perspective, the team does seem a little bit immature, for lack of better term. And then the third thing I took away is their lack of, lack of depth. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is very, very little on that bench. I mean, when Boban Marjanovic is your essentially sixth man and leading scorer off the bench, you, you have a problem. And I love Boban. He's, he's, a, he's a character and a half. He's a legend. But there just isn't much. I mean, TJ McConnell, you, he gets on the floor and teams aren't even guarding him. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you're, you, he's essentially, you know, it's four on five when he's on the floor. Realistically, there, there just isn't a whole lot there. And I think that's one area where the Raptors could really, really expose them. So, you know, you're bringing guys like Powell, who, by the way, has been great. Uh, Van Fleet, you have Ibaka coming off the bench. Hopefully, OG comes back sooner rather than later. But I think the Raptors' bench is where they could really take advantage of them. And, mm-hmm. Rich, you're right. The Raptors' defense against the Magic was suffocating. Mm-hmm. And it isn't just Kawhi. It was, it was just sheer team defense. I mean, you look at the bigs. They... I mean, I don't think Nikola Vucevic played in that series. They they eliminated him. He did not do anything. Mm-hmm. And I think when we talk about Embiid and how dominant he was against uh, against the Nets, well, guess what? Now you're going up against the former Defensive Player of the Year in Marcus Gasol, who's a beast in terms of guarding you in the post. And if you you know you want to take it outside and kind of live on the perimeter, well, Serge Ibaka is there and he can keep up with the best of uh, the more mobile bigs. So I think the Raptors are. I think they're 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 perfectly matched up in regards to Embiid. And then even in other positions, right? You know, you have Kawhi and Danny Green to guard Harris and and Butler. Um, I just really, really like the way that the Raptors match up against Philadelphia. They're 3-1 and one against them in the season. Uh, a note that probably not many people know, Kawhi is 13-0 and 0 in his career against 76ers. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be a good series. I ultimately think the Raptors prevail in in six. I just think they match up really well. And Rich, like you said, the Raptors defense has elevated to a new level and everybody seems to know their role. Whereas on the 76ers side, it still seems a little bit scrambled. Mm-hmm. And I completely agree with you. Obi. I was going to say Raptors and six as well. There are just so many questions on the Philadelphia side. Like you, you said, the, uh, the Raptors won three, one, um, this season against Philadelphia, obviously the one game with when, um, Claude Leonard was resting due to yeah. the, yeah. But like the Raptors don't have many questions with Philadelphia. Like, is Joel Embiid going to be healthy? Like, we don't really know what's going on with his knees. Um, Mike Scott, who I mean historically has kind of been like a Raptor killer in the playoffs with his time with the Wizards, uh, he's not going to be playing. He has fasciitis and he has a bruised uh, knee, I believe. So he's not going to be playing game one. Uh, I mean, plantar fasciitis—that's some real shit. That hurts. Yeah. So it's day to day right now. It's day to day, but I mean, I'm sure he'll fight through it. Yeah, but I mean, game one, he's not going to be there. Is he going to be there game two? Because it's a quick turnaround. There's only a day off in between. Is he going to yeah. be? Um, Joe, like I said, Joe and beat knee problems. Like, is he going to be there? And the thing is, like you said, Jared Allen, Ed Davis in round one. Now he's going up against Marcus Saul. Marcus Big Big. Yeah. Yeah. Marcus Gasol is big, and honestly, just watching him throughout this first series, I'm just like, Marcus Gasol is so smart. Just watching him defend, and I'm like, this guy just has so much basketball IQ. Like, he just knows everything. He knows how to work angles. Like, he yeah. knows he knows when to jump. He knows, like, he, this dude is like a basketball savant. Yeah. And watching this guy play, and, and he's he's become the defensive anchor of this team. He's the He's there, literally the guy under the basket making sure everything's working smoothly. And he's shooting threes as well. I mean, Joel Embiid, he doesn't look that mobile anymore because of his knee. I mean, he can kind of shoot. So if the Raptors push him outside and keep him away from, from the pain where Marcus Gasol is, fine, let him shoot. He's shooting 30% on the uh, from three-point range on the season. Does that have something to do with his knee problems? Maybe. I don't know. But if the Raptors can push him – Away from the basket, I mean, that's a huge win because that's their best player. I think Butler eventually is going to get his, but if they can really shut down Joel Embiid, which I think they have a good chance of just slowing him down with Marcus Gasol, 
I think the Raptors have an incredible shot here. And I mean, Ben Simmons was a complete non-factor against the Raptors this past season when Kawhi went. Like, Ben Simmons is so one-dimensional in the, in the half court, and putting a guy like Kawhi Leonard on him when he's one-dimensional in the half court, like, that just takes away a superstar from the series. And the Raptors took away Nikola Vucevic. Like, Nikola Vucevic is Orlando's all-star. I did not even notice him in that series. Away, yeah, you know, you know, like I just—if the Raptors lose the series, I just don't. Yeah, what happened, right? I, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I don't want to sound too optimistic because, again, we are talking about the Raptors after all. But <laughs> I just, I just really like this matchup, yeah. and I, honestly, like now, I may be overdoing it. It likely won't go five. I think ultimately it will go six. But I, I just for for almost I can't I can't think of a single reason. That that you know Philadelphia, where Philadelphia has a single uh, uh, strong advantage against the Raptors, it's just literally position by position, bench depth, the rules, the the team chemistry. I mean, home court. <laughs> if it comes down to a game seven, I, I mean, I just look anything can happen. But as of right now, I really really like the the position that the Raptors are in. Mm-hmm. And also keep in mind one of the reasons why it will go six is because. The Raptors are going to lose game one. <laughs> you got to stay with the tradition. Yeah. But, but, but at the same time, I mean, I get it. Raptors are the elite team. You guys have a robot of a superstar over there. You got Nick Nurse just wide uh, mouth wide open throughout the whole game. That's all lit and everything. But Sixers have more stars. And I'm going with the star power on this one. I think Sixers, they're going to take it in seven games, if anything. But do they actually? That's contingent on Joel Embiid being healthy for sure. Mm-hmm. That's the thing because we can't forget about Tobias Harris over there too. We keep on talking about Joel Embiid. We talk, keep on talking about Jimmy Butler, Ben Simmons, but Tobias Harris is an All Star. But he he hasn't played like one since he's joined the 76ers. and really? I, and, and I mean that comes back to sort of rules and how, who gets how many touches. There just aren't too many touches to go around. Like the last game, I mean the last series. He, uh, he played about uh, 36 minutes per game, averaged about 18 points, nine boards, about four assists, a steal. That's all you need. Mm-hmm. But all you need, if you have everybody else putting in exactly what they're supposed to be putting in, mm-hmm. the Wyatt just has to come in and say the offense is stagnant at a certain time. Him and Boba, Boban, I love Boban. Rich I knows my, my love for Boban from time since he came into the league. But they have this weird chemistry on court. Boban knows exactly where Toby is every time. Boy hits him with the pass. Uh, Toby pulls up for the shot. He makes it. Mm-hmm. And Bryce Harris can be clutch when he needs to be. Jimmy Butler also clutch when he needs to be. Mm-hmm. Those are two guys with ice in their veins. Oh, Boban veins? No, no. I said Jimmy and uh, Tobias, dude. I'm not, not bad. But yeah, yeah, Jimmy and Tobias, they, they got ice in their veins. They can come and close out games if they have to. Like, you look at um, Jimmy Butler... Uh, he's shooting quite well right, uh, in the series. He's shooting about 47% from the field. And Tobias Harris is shooting about 50% from the field, 50% from the three-point line. That's hot. Yeah. That's I'm, I'm, ice cold. Mm-hmm. You go out there and just murder it. That, that's why I'm taking Sixers in seven games. Okay. But, like, see, you say you say Philly has more stars. But, yeah. I mean, I would say Pascal Siakam is has become a star. He's becoming a star. He's budding for sure. I hundred percent agree. He's budding. If we go by star power, I mean, he's a star right now. I twenty three points. He averaged twenty three points in the first round. Yeah, he's like, budding. Dude, Pascal Siakam had an effective field goal percentage of one hundred percent when Evan Fournier was covering him. Okay, Evan Fournier was also at the club the night is like legit a few hours after they lost. Uh, yeah, Toronto, celebrating. He doesn't. He did not want to be in the playoffs. He's there for the free accommodation, and the nightclubs letting him in. That's it. Okay, but okay, but like get back to my point in terms of stars. Like I'd say Pascal Siakam is one of the biggest stars in the series. Kawhi Leonard put up twenty points every single night, but he does so much on the court that mm-hmm. like I don't. I would I would even go as far as saying Philadelphia doesn't really have somebody like that. Like. Kyle Lowry can affect the game in so many ways with how he pushes the tempo, with how he distributes the ball, with how he just the offense kind of on him, the charges that he draws. Like he, he and Ben he's, Simmons. 
Ben Simmons is going to – I can't see Ben Simmons do anything in that. I think – yeah, I think he's going to be a non-factor in this series. I really uh, do. No, you can't say – see, that, that's the problem. People he are – Ben Simmons, I get it. He doesn't have a three-point shot, but he survived this long in the league without a three-point shot. So, yeah, I understand. It's not about it's not about him having a three-point shot. Like, yeah, I, how, how are you, you going to – okay, I get it. Kawhi's going to try to lock him down. Kawhi's going to get a few steals, a few blocks, whatever. It's Simmons going to miss a few shots, but he's still going to get his 15 point per game, if anything. I mean, I mean, dude, 15 points per game. Norman Powell was averaging 11 off the bench. That's all. Yo, Simmons was averaging 17.2 in the last series. They won. It's all good. Yeah, but but Simmons to get the 20 points. Simmons is just there to grab the boards that matter, mm-hmm. play good defense, and hit the hit him with the assist. That's it. But yeah, I under I understand that, but. Okay, but okay, so the Raptors, so Philadelphia has the star-studded starting five, but okay. I mean, benches can't compete. I don't think the, their bench can compete against the Raptors. And the Raptors can just provide, can just throw so many different looks to Philadelphia, and I really don't know how they're going to be able to handle it. And honestly, I don't really trust Brett Brown as well. I don't think he's not. Do you agree? Yeah, with that? No. I think Brett Brown is very close to being fired. I think yeah. Brett Brown. I think is really close to getting fired, and I think the Raptors are clicking at the right time. Because, I mean, yeah, no, yeah. don't get me wrong. Raptors are hot. So is Philly. But let's just let's just understand the fact that both of them are playing teams. Yeah, and that I, were not the greatest. I agree. They were tr- they were playing trash that. teams. They were playing trash teams. But my point is, I think that's okay. Okay, fine. The, the Raptors played a trash team. <laughs> the the uh, Philadelphia 76ers played a. Uh, a good, an okay team, a decent but, team. Okay, <laughs> a decent, um, borderline historical. Um, oh, I like that, Rich. Um, but the thing is, I I just feel like we learned so much about what we'll do, sure. and just a little about Philadelphia. And no, I, I I agree with you. I agree with everything Ogie said too. I didn't even look at it in that perspective till he said it. All the negatives that came out through the series. I noticed a few here and there, but I just didn't put it all together. They mm-hmm. are very immature. Don't get me wrong. They are. That's the thing with Philly. Philly has this thing. They, they don't remember where they're from. You got to stay in touch with your roots. Stay humbled. Remember that you guys were tanking for the longest period of time that your build right now is called the process. Just so the fans could kind of sit through it. Mm-hmm. Understand that. So they, they got to kind of humble themselves, go into the next series, just with that mentality. Let's just put it in Obi mentality. Go out and play. That's it. And I think they can they can beat Raptors if everything stays disciplined. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Okay, so now we we really got to segue over into the Western Conference. Um, still a little bit of work to be done. San Antonio is playing the Denver Nuggets as we speak. What's the mm, score? They are up by ten. Ninety three eighty five is what Jesus, I. Jesus, yeah. So, I mean, maybe Game Seven. Who knows? Um, we know. We also got Houston there awaiting the winner of um, Golden State versus Los Angeles. Um, who's the la- Oh, and Portland as well. Portland is awaiting the winner of San Antonio versus Denver. So, yeah. obviously, we don't really know what the matchup is going to be, although I think we can assume that Golden State is eventually going to pull out a win. And the Denver and San Antonio series is tough. I mean, if it goes to Game 7 – I mean, who who really knows? My prediction was uh, San Antonio in seven. So, and you guys, I think uh, both called uh, Denver in seven. So that's going to be interesting. But since we know two teams that have advanced, I want to get your guys' opinion on those two teams. So, Ogi, let's start off with you. What did you think about the Portland Trailblazers? Because they, I, I think a lot of people had Oklahoma City win one. All three of us have. And I mean, we kind of have to tip our cap to Damian Lillard because he was incredible. If he took over that series, Ogie, what do you think? That's exactly it. Damian Lillard took over, and the Thunder had no answer. Uh, and it's interesting because remember, the the Blazers got swept last year by the Pelicans, I believe. Yeah. Um, and to you know to come back this year in that fashion, it seems like the ultimate. Uh, redemption story and, and shout out to them because they did it without Nurkic too um, I, I do have to say I think look the Blazers looked good but I, I think the the Thunder were honestly quite poor mm-hmm. and we'll we'll get to that later I just think that 
the lack of shooting and the the lack of basketball IQ from some of their players, who again we'll get to later on, ultimately resulted in the Blazers winning that series comfortably. And that game five was incredible. I mean, when when you're up by 17 points with seven minutes remaining. Mm-hmm. When you're up by eight minutes with two and a half minutes remaining and your season is on the line, there is just no excuse for not winning that game. There really isn't. And, you know, Billy Donovan also obviously has to take some some of the blame. But shout out to Damian Lillard. I mean, this guy is, I think, hands down, no argument, the most underrated superstar in the NBA. Um, he's clutch. He has unlimited range. I think he's the closest thing to Steph Curry that we have. Um, he He's awesome. And, and shout out to CJ McCollum, too. Uh, for, the, for the first like three four games in the series, he was great. Some mm-hmm. of the bench guys even stepped up. Guys like Zach Collins and, and Rodney Hood. Uh, Al Farouk Camino even had one really good game. So, yeah, you know, the Portland got it done in five. They're, they await the winner of the Nuggets and the Spurs. Did they impress me substantially? No, not really. Uh, because, like I said, I think it was more of the Thunder looking really poor than it was the the Blazers looking you know, excellent per se, but they got it done. They're in the Western Conference semis. Uh, if Lillard is on, obviously they're going to be. Everybody's going to have have trouble beating them. But again, I still worry about their their depth, their lack of bench production in the grand scheme of things, mm-hmm. um, and the, you know the fact that they don't have Nurkic. They're a little bit thin inside. So congratulations mm-hmm. to them. I think it was more how poor the Thunder played, and I think they're gonna they're gonna have a, a lot more of a difficult time with whoever they play between Denver and San Antonio. Yeah, I completely agree. And before we uh, swing this over to Kevin to talk about the Houston Rockets, in terms of the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder, I was just so upset with how they played this series. They just they they did, just did not look prepared coming into the series. Like just the way they played, uh, the level of maturity they played with Russell Westbrook was atrocious. He was throwing up bricks from three. He was throwing up bricks from. Um, um, uh, from uh, from the field, from everywhere, and Damian Lillard literally had his number. I am I can't speak anymore, guys. But the, but just like watching that series, I'm I'm watching Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. They're just, they completely took, they took over that series. Paul George was really good, and we cannot take anything away from him. But I mean, he just didn't have any backup. And Russell Westbrook, when the when OKC really really needed him, he wasn't there. They won that one game and they were going crazy. Portland lost that, came back, won one on the road, came home. Damian Lillard made one of the most incredible shots in the playoffs that I've seen in quite some time. And like you like you said, uh, Ogie, I don't I still don't trust their depth, especially going into the second round. So say then how um how Portland's going to be able to play against them. Um, the one big question was how is Denver going to be able to hand, handle Lillard? But other than that, Denver just – I feel like Denver can beat Portland. Uh, if San Antonio moves on, I feel like that would be an interesting series because I think Portland has a chance against the San Antonio team. But, Kevin, you predicted that Houston's going to be making it to the NBA Finals. Yes. How did you see them play in round one? I mean, round one, they, okay, before we advance, I just have to say one thing. There was an unsung hero from the Portland series that was a gentleman that was waived by New York Knicks who balled out, Ennis Cantor. Let's not forget about that. Moving on. Houston, um, I mean, they played really well. Don't get me wrong. Houston played like Houston would play. Harden hit shots. Chris Paul hit shots. Capella got blocks and boards. The problem was uh, with the Jazz. Donovan Mitchell was taking high-volume shots. And he just wasn't hitting him. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with it. Don't get me wrong. Richard asked me the question earlier on today. Should Donovan Mitchell have had stopped taking shots? I said, no. That's what he's there for. Just pull up for the shots. You missed it. Live with it. Go next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Houston just, I mean, 4-1. Four, four they lost one game, whatever. Um, Going on to the next series, it's just Harden, man. He's just a pure scorer. And the rest of the team is set around perfectly. P.J. Tucker is balling out. Uh, Chris Paul is playing really well right now. And Capella, he's doing what he needs to do. Uh, and you got Daniel House, who's also doing some damage here and there. Austin Rivers, who's proven to be uh, really good off the bench. And Eric Gordon, he hit some big shots too. So, I mean, Houston, Houston's going to go make it to the finals, man. That's going to be easy. Uh, I, don't, I don't know about easy. But easy. 
But yeah, I complete the thing we discussed earlier today with uh, Donovan Mitchell and if he should just stop shooting. Um, just thinking about it, I completely agree. Do, the Utah Jazz made it this far by playing. Have to live and die with what kind of what your foundation is. Mm-hmm. And while Donovan Mitchell did not play well for the most part. Um, you kind of have to roll with him because that is your biggest offensive weapon. Uh, but at the same time, very impressed with Houston. They took care of business, lost one game, uh, and played really, really well. The first two games, they just completely blew out Utah. And you can just see that their firepower just completely outmatched um, of Matt Houston. So now what is set, so to be done is the second half of the first-round bracket we saw Golden State versus Clippers. Clippers somehow won on the road and at the Oracle. There's going to be a game six in the Sable in the Sable Center, and then we also have the San Antonio Spurs. They're taking on the Denver Nuggets. Let's kind of go with. Let's start off with you, Ogi. Um, I'm not going to ask you to tell me who's going to win this series, but I'm going to ask you to just give me your predictions, assuming for like both scenarios. What do you think is going to happen? Uh, b- both scenarios in the West, you mean? Yeah. So, like, look, what's going to happen if Portland's going to take on the Nuggets? What's going to happen if San Antonio is going to take on uh, sorry, the Portland Blazers? Uh, well, again, first of all, I think I think Denver does emerge in Game Seven, and I I like their chances a lot against against Portland. Um, if San Antonio gets through, I I think Portland. Portland in five or six. I think Portland, yeah, Portland would would have a relatively straightforward time with San Antonio, but I think Denver would take uh, Portland out. Okay, uh, okay, because and uh, it's such it's so tough because I feel like I completely agree with what you said earlier, Ogie. I think the the first round series is just about how badly Oklahoma City played. It's not yeah. like, Portland did play really well. But I just think it was more about how Oklahoma City just failed to show up. Um, but Kevin, what do you think? Um, going to work forward, I I don't know. I I like Denver, but I just don't trust them. I lo- I love San Antonio. That's the thing. So for if Denver Denver makes it through, I think Denver's going to lose against Portland. Mm-hmm. Uh, San Antonio makes it through. I don't know. Just that co- coaching by Greg Popovich. I always underestimate him when it comes to playoffs and he is short of people. He somehow finds a way to push them through. Mm-hmm. So San Antonio might squeeze through. But at the end of the day, I think Portland's going to um, make it out to the conference finals. Mm-hmm. And don't forget, Derek White is becoming a superstar right in front Derek, of dude, I don't, don't, don't start with that. Derek White, I had him on my fantasy basketball team for a reason. Mm-hmm. I saw the promise in the kid. All right? So – Obviously, the next logical question is, how does Kevin Kacheri and the San Antonio Spurs consistently see greatness before we do? Like you guys like sniffed a it's mile. Purely Pure Rich, eye test. Rich, I'm sending you pictures of like high uh, high school kids. Mm. And no, not pictures. Videos of high school kids balling out before yeah. they're even ranked. Uh huh. No. I'm, I'm looking at these. The fan, when it comes to fantasy basketball, I'm scouting since they're uh, put into high school. Man, that's oh. what. I'm you don't, you don't want to be in Kevin's office pool in the next five years because he's watching someone's two-year-old son uh, playing basketball. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get ready. But fantasy basketball is life. Dude, it's all it's all eye tests for you. Uh, Dude, don't sleep on eye tests. Eye, eye tests work for the longest period of time. Analytics is relatively new. Let's, let's address that. Eye tests worked. Michael Jordan, eye test. Patrick Ewing, eye test. Shaquille O'Neal, eye test. They work, baby. I, I just can't wait till I'm signing up for a fantasy pool in like 10 years and one of the categories on Yahoo Sports is like winching. <laughs> it's going to happen. That's going to be my moment to shine. Like this is everything I've worked for my entire life. Um, but let's let's kind of um, move, move over to the second um, s- series to be. We have Houston and they're either going to face the Golden State Warriors or the Clippers. And before I swing it over to Ogie, here's just my general thoughts. I might be slightly concerned for the Warriors. For one, they just lost to Marcus Cousins for forever, probably. And I feel horrible for that uh, for that dude because, one, he signed with the Golden State Warriors for nothing. Mm-hmm. He kind of bet on himself for that one year. He signed for the veterans minimum. 
was going to play out this season and go on and command big money. But now this is his second big leg, uh, lower half injury in the span of just a little bit over a year. And he's going to be entering his 30s, and he's a big body, that, and his legs got to support a big body. Is he getting another big contract? I don't think so. I think that I think it's impossible for him to get that massive max max deal. And I feel bad for the dude because you can tell this guy wants it. But that being said, slightly concerned about the Warriors. Then again, the Warriors didn't have DeMarcus Cousins last year when they beat the when they beat the Rockets and when they beat the Cavs. Um, I think the Warriors are gonna finish it up in six. Um, my biggest question with them is just their consistency because sometimes you watch them play and you're just like, this team's unbeatable. Like we saw it at times against the Clippers, like they're blowing this team out by 20, by 30. Um, and then you, and then you see them like the next moment and you're like, who the hell is this team? So my biggest question moving forward, and I think the Golden State Warriors are going to eliminate uh, the Clippers in six is just consistency. I think the main the main thing that the Warriors are going to have to play against is themselves. They need to stay consistent because you can tell that they have all the talent in the world. They have a system that is going to be able to win in these in these in, the, in these playoffs. Um, I do have a little a couple of questions about the chemistry on this team because like you always see every now and then just some questions from like their locker room and there is a video that emerged of uh, Steve Kerr doing like a press uh, media conference. Yeah. And he got into like a little bit of a weird. There's a weird thing regarding just music, and Deon, uh, Draymond Green was like throwing up shots, and he wanted the music to stay loud. So it's just little things like that that are, that makes you just stop and think, like, what the hell is going on? But at the end of the day, I just think the big thing with them is consistency and just being fully engaged every time they play. And they have to understand, like, one if they win the series, like I think they will, it's just twelve more wins. They just got to stay consistent for 12 more wins and then they can three-peat and then fuck Kevin Durant can leave. They can ship everyone else out. They can fire Steve Kerr. They can move to San Francisco. Like they got, they just got to like focus, stay engaged, stay consistent. And I think if they can play consistently against the Houston Rockets, I, I, I think the Golden State Warriors can beat the Rockets in six or seven games. What do you think? Okay, so I think in the first, like out of all the teams in the first round, the team that impressed me most, the team that I took the most away from was the Houston Rockets. Now, we've known for a long time that this team could score. We know, we've know we known for a long time who James Harden is. But the fact that James Harden didn't even play right. in that series is all because of their defense. And to be succinct, Again, we've known about the Rockets, their offensive firepower, but the difference this year is the elite defense that this team plays. Um, this, this, this may be kind of like a curveball, but I think they're going to get their revenge. I think they're going to eliminate the Warriors. The war. This is the most vulnerable I think the Warriors have looked. For, forget about the Clippers. Forget about the fact that the you know they blew that big lead. I just I'm, I'm seeing a lot of emotional just tiredness out of these out of these warriors for, you know, for three years now they've you know gone out gone until the end this year they're dealing with some like you mentioned sort of drama in the locker room there's a lot of uncertainty this summer about who's going who's staying i think that's kind of on their minds here but mainly because of houston's defense this year i i think houston comes out of the series i think it's going to be a fabulous series, one of the more exciting ones in recent memory, but I like Houston in seven to make it to the West Finals. Mm-hmm. I completely agree with you, dude. Um, honestly, there's a lot of star power here. There's a lot of egos in that locker room, and they've been together for a very, very long time. And, I mean, that's a long time for a lot of egos to play together. But at the end of the day, I'm still kind of going with the words until I see them be, uh, be beat. But that being said, that's what has to be figured out. We got a bucket of the week. Ogi, who do we have this week? Okay, the bucket of the week, and honestly, the bucket of the whole year and the whole NBA season is none other than Russell Westbrook. Can this guy get over himself already? I mean, you're playing for a team, Russ. You're not playing for yourself. This guy, I'll, I'll go back to game five. End of the game, the last few shots where you need to score. So Paul George is on fire. He's shooting 14 for 20, hitting shots from all over the court. What happens? Russell Westbrook says, I'm going to keep this ball. This is my team. What does he do? Puts up two horrible, uncontested shots, misses. They end up losing the game. 
And it's not even that. I mean, he just does not get others involved. His basketball IQ is in the negatives. And it's just his attitude. And with this next question, please, in post-game interviews, I mean, you have children watching you, man. Children look up to you and aspire to you. Who, who are you to say next question and have this, you know, disgusting attitude towards the media and towards fans? I'm just over him, boys. This is kind of like a getting personal. I can't stand him. I think he's way too arrogant. On the court, He's this is the third straight year now that the Thunder have lost in the first round. This guy can't get it done. Mm-hmm. I, I completely agree, Kevin. Would you not say that? And before I, I ask, I have a I have a question with that. Do you think um, any team that's led by Russell Westbrook could win a championship? Hell no. Hell no. Hell no. I okay. think, dude. That's honestly, fair. I think other than John Wall, Russell Westbrook has the second worst contract in the NBA right now. Yeah. And Oklahoma- I mean, you look at Thunder. What, what are they supposed to do? They they have no choice but to give this guy an insane amount of money. He's going to be making $40 million. Exactly. It's stupid. He's, he's he's one of the worst. Not I'm not going to say one of the worst players. Let's not diminish the fact that he was able to average a triple-double. That's still insane. But that doesn't help a team win. No. Shooting all, uh, around 20-somewhat percent from the three-point line, mm-hmm. being part of that nature, you're yeah. not going to be able to do anything, dude. Yeah. And it's it's as we close this one up, I, my big thing with – Russell Westbrook is that I don't think he really realizes the type of player he is. I don't think he really realizes how he, how he can help his team succeed. That's his biggest thing. I think he kind of has this overblown ego where he doesn't really, yeah. really understand what what he, like he he's a more of a, he's an individual on the court. Like he's more about getting his own. And yeah. and I mean like I, I'm not saying he's horrible because Russell Westbrook's one of the top ten, top fifteen players in the NBA. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just like when you're four for 27, when you're 11 for 31, like you're not helping anybody. Those are 20 shots that you can, you can take better shots. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I wouldn't say he's an incredible uh, distributor. I don't think he's an incredible just floor general, but he can do his, he can do a little bit to just set up his teammates better and just watching him after games, talking to the media, like, what are you doing, dude? Yeah. yeah. And you're you're getting forty million dollars. You're not going to look at the beauty of a guy like Blake Griffin. I have the utmost respect for him because he knee that's pre-surgery. Like he needs a surgery. He played through that pain, which I didn't think was necessary. But he played through that pain. Sat mm-hmm. through the press conference after getting swept in the playoff series, mm-hmm. which could be one of the worst feelings as an athlete, yeah. a competitive athlete, and you still got mm-hmm. up. Shook every press member's yeah, hand. I completely agree. And dude, LeBron, look at LeBron James. He's what, like four and three and six or whatever in the NBA Finals. Every single time he loses in the finals, and I'm sure it's really difficult losing in the finals six times. I can't imagine what that's like. All the time, he comes in front of the media, speaks to them, is respectful, and answers every question. Like Russell Westbrook, like who the hell are you, dude? And like, where where does he think the money is coming for the NBA? That's the thing, like the TV deals are, dude. It, that's the thing. Like a lot of his money is coming from media TV deals, dude. Exactly. And and like just one final point before we wrap this up. Um, in terms of Russell Westbrook, I completely forgot my point. We're gonna wrap this up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Russell Westbrook, bucket of the year, boys. Bucket, bucket of the year. There we 100%. go. Bucket of the year. Um, oh, on that note, boys, uh, we got to wrap this one up. We'll probably be back in time for third round predictions and preview and breakdown. Again, hottest basketball content on the web, ballandroll.com. You want the hottest basketball merch on the web, shop.ballandroll.com. Check it out. We have a ton of stories coming. Ogie and I are going to be writing a ton of previews for the second round. Stay locked in. This has been the Pick and Pod. Until next time.